Hello, First Lutheran family. Hey, we're doing something a little bit different today. As you are seeing this in worship, I am with a group of 22 others of us on a trip in Israel right now. But in our church family, this is week four of a four-week series we've been sharing called It's Complicated. And we've been learning from the teaching of Jesus. We've been learning to find hope and truth for our relationships in marriage and singleness. And today I'm going to share something a little bit different with you. In just a few minutes, I'm going to be hosting a conversation that you're going to see from people in our congregation who represent some different relationship circumstances. Some people who are recently married, some people who have been married a long time or who have been remarried, some single people, someone who's widowed, or some folks who've gone through a divorce. And I'm asking them to share some of their stories and examples with you. In each week of this series, we've been learning to unmask a different cultural lie, things that we've picked up along the way that make our lives less than God meant for them to be, starting way back in week one with the lie that you're in this alone and learning to live our lives in community instead and going forward for a few weeks. And today we're going to talk about that lie that we have come to believe that nobody knows what it's like to be me. You know, and it's possible that that might be true. We might not know what it's like to be somebody else. But today we're going to try to do something about that. We're going to learn about that. And I've asked the people that we're having this conversation with to share their own examples. Nobody hears a perfect example. They'd be the first ones to share that. But we're all living examples. And we want to learn from each other's examples to grow and learn from each other and to be strengthened together for life together in Christ, to be strengthened as a, as a stronger community. And they're going to be sharing with you some things from their circumstances in life that you might not understand if you live in a different set of relationships. And I'm also going to be asking them to share what they're learning in their faith, what they're learning about God, what they're learning about following Jesus in their circumstances in life. And I hope that this conversation will be a blessing to you. I hope that this strengthens us as a community. All throughout this series, I've, I've really had two hopes. I have hoped that by turning to God's word and turning to the teaching and example of Jesus, that we'll be strengthened for life in our set of relationships and the particular circumstances of each of our lives. And, and I do hope and I pray that's been your experience in this series. My, my second hope for this series has been that we'll learn what it's like to be one another, that we'll really grow in empathy and in love and grace and support for one another. And, and I really hope that what we're learning in this conversation today, what you're about to hear, what we're about to learn together, I, I hope that that will strengthen you and strengthen us for life together in Christ. It, it, it may be that we don't know what it's like, but I hope that we'll learn what it's like in this conversation. Well, I wasn't just kidding around earlier. I'm really grateful for you guys being here. I think you represent a, uh, a great cross-section of our congregation in a lot of ways. People are just in different uh, stages of life. And one of the things I really value about this whole series, one of my aims in this has been for our church community to go stronger together, for us to become more supportive of one another, more understanding of one another, more empathetic toward one another, to build a stronger community in Christ together. And so what I'd like to ask you, and you represent different circumstances in life, if you'd be willing just to share a little bit from your own circumstances, what you think people who aren't in your shoes might either not understand or might misunderstand about what it's like to be you or to be in the place in life that you're in. And I kind of imagine that we're talking about the kind of things that if people did understand this about each other, that, uh, well, that we'd be that stronger community that I was discussing. So it, I don't have to pick who goes first, but if any of you would be willing to share, uh, you can kind of get the ball rolling. Tim? <laughs> <laughs> Love to. I'm Tim and I am single 
and maybe there are fewer misconceptions about being single since it's the one relationship status we at one time or another have all had in common. But uh, I suppose being into your 40s and never having been married is not everyone's experience. Um, and I guess uh, if, you know, one thing I would wonder if people might, uh, might assume or so on, uh, being single, um, being an adult who is single, um, is not tragic. Um, it's not a lonely existence, at least it certainly doesn't need to be tragic or lonely. Um, you know, I have found uh, great purpose and great fulfillment in my life um, as a single person. I have tremendous friendships and obviously a wonderful church family here, um, but with the aid of some really good friends and really, you know, good, deep life relationships, I've learned that, um, you know, living, you know, living for myself, you know, has had that negative connotation of, um, you know, the absence of really meaningful relationships. And it does not have to be there, and thank God it is not that way. Um, so uh, it, I, I think it depends a lot on um, who we surround ourselves with, what we put our, our, our focus on, and um, how, we, how we include God in our lives um, and allow God to speak through other people in our lives. So it's um, actually uh, rather fulfilling and um, and joyful so thanks Tim that's really helpful Is that, anybody else can you share something from your perspective well since I'm sitting next to Tim I'll go next my name is Carol and um, I am uh, this is my husband Doug and we will be married 40 year, uh, 50 years this summer and so we're probably part of the older uh, group and I am, well, we're, we are both retired, but uh, that I never thought I would enjoy retirement so much. And it has given us the opportunity to do things we've wanted to do. Also to do things um, without, I mean, and enjoy each other and appreciate each other more. Is it easy to be married for 50 years? To me, when I think about that, it's like, where has the time gone? Because it doesn't seem like that. And in previous years, when I would meet people that were, you know, celebrate their 50th wedding anniversary, it's like, oh, God, they're really old. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't feel old. But um, so it's, it's interesting. But I think as I said, being retired, we're together so much more that I just have become much more appreciative. And likewise, I have to say, yeah, I think we appreciate each other a lot. And we, uh, we agree on just about everything. I don't think we have much that we disagree on. Um, maybe her driving a little bit. If that's the worst you are doing after 50 years of marriage, congratulations. <laughs> So we like to travel together. We enjoy each other's company and uh, we share, I mean, I think with our beliefs, our values, um, 
and we probably have grown, I think, over time, we've grown closer together. I hope we don't exactly look like each other, but. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, you mentioned this a couple times about my identity and being a budget analyst or, or as a runner or something like that. You know, at, at this stage of life, I, I don't, I rarely think of one of you without thinking of the other. You know, I think of Doug and Carol Watnamo being together. Um, I just wonder what's that like uh, when, um, how you've developed your identities separately and you're still two separate people with your own interests and passions and driving skills and all kinds of things. Uh, <laughs> um, what's it like to, um, I guess, have spent so much of life together that people are going to immediately associate you with the other? Is that, do you think of that as part of your identity or not? Um, boy, I don't, I don't really think about it. I know we, we spend a lot of time together. Uh, I mean, we, we attend the you know, a Bible study together here. Um, I guess it doesn't bother us. Uh, I, I've kind of lost that. Not you anyway, huh? I've kind of lost that. I think I've lost some of that need for identity. Um, that it hasn't, it's not as important anymore. I hadn't thought about that, but it doesn't seem so important. I think also that we've learned to respect each other's um, privacy. I mean, like if Doug is up in the den working on the computer, I'm not up there. He can do that himself. Or if I'm doing some stuff in the den, he does something else. Mm -hmm. So we try to, I mean, we don't have to be together 24 seven and try to give each other a little break. Yeah. We, we have our own space. I yeah. Think. yeah, I think that's important that, yeah, I, I like to have kind of my, my man cave, I think up in the den. And uh, sometimes I do close the door. <laughs> I've heard other like, retired oh, couples say that. Yeah. Boy, you're around a lot now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I actually have a, a, a comment on your question related to identity coming at it from the other side of a long-term marriage because although I am now divorced, I was married for 17 years and knew my husband for five years before that through college. And so for me, part of what I needed to learn to adjust to after such a long time with someone, when you think about identity, I was part of a we for a long time. And so in those immediate years after my divorce, where you do what you do when you talk to people and you tell stories and you share your experience, it always felt odd to me up to a point to be reflecting stories as part of a we, given that at that time I was no longer part of that we, but it was my history. And so it took a long time for me to be comfortable just owning that that's part of you know, my experience, my past, and okay to be comfortable just, you know, using that the way we all do and sharing our experiences with one another. I think that's really insightful. Thank you for sharing that. I, mm -hmm. I, I would guess that that's something that people who aren't in your circumstances of life probably don't understand. Mm -hmm. Something you didn't really understand before you did it. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. And, and that's the topic we're talking about. Are there, are there other things that you think you, that, you know, we'd be a stronger community, other things you think people don't understand about sure. your circumstances? Well, you know, one of the things I guess that always strikes me, especially living in the society that we do, that tends to sensationalize 
relationships that are coming apart. You know, you don't, you can stand in line at the grocery store and look at the tabloids or mm -hmm. reality TV or movies. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it without careful thought, I think could leave you with the impression that in the wake of a relationship coming apart and divorce occurring, that the people who were part of that relationship uh, are bitter, that, you know, they hate the institution of marriage, or worse yet, they hate the person they were married to. And I was married for a long time, and I have to say I could never imagine feeling any of those things. I could never hate marriage. I cherished the years I was married. It made me the person that I am. It's part of my journey. I could never hate my ex-husband. He was part of my life for a long time, and I grew into a better person through my time with him and the love that we had in our marriage. So I think for me, it's just important that people recognize that, you know, in a world where there is so much hate on, you know, a failed marriage or a, a failed relationship, that there are a lot of people out there who view that as part of their journey and that all things make you who you are, the good, the bad, and just because something didn't last doesn't mean that it needs to be put in a drawer. I celebrate every year of my life for every year that I've lived it, even though my marriage didn't in the end go the distance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. That's all really insightful and helpful. Thank you. Yeah. Well, Mary, now what about you? Well, I'm a recent widow um, as of June of this year. And I am finding that it is a different lifestyle. Uh, we were married 41 years and 40 years and 10 months. And I find myself still saying, we, we do this and we do that, or we think this. And um, I'm learning that, um, as a matter of fact, I recently filled out a form and asked for your marital status and I checked married. And uh, after I left, I thought, oh, well, I should have checked widow, but I won't feel that way yet. But I think the thing that, that I'm learning to understand is how different it is to lose a spouse as compared to losing someone else. I buried my parents, all four of my siblings, and nieces and nephews, and it was nothing like this. This is, um, this is so different because Bob and I did so much together. Thanks, Mary. No, I, I kind of get the impression that I asked what people might not understand about being a widow, and it almost sounds like you're saying, here are the things that I didn't understand about being a widow until I lived it. Yeah. I didn't. I, I didn't, and you know, you, I mean, I have sympathized with widows, and yet, I think until you've been one, uh, you, you don't understand it. I'm kind of going out on a limb here, and there may not be a good answer to this question, and if there's not, that's okay. But is there, um, are there certain ways that other parts of our church community or your community somehow uh, interact with you and relate to you, are part of your life in ways that are helpful or in ways that you wish could be more helpful or aren't that helpful? Oh my goodness. I I couldn't ask for people to have been any better to me. Um, I feel so loved and so cared for. Um, 
and, and it has been wonderful. Actually, um, my, my church family um, has been everything I needed them to be. And that has been wonderful. When I come to church on Sunday morning or I'm here for any event, I feel so um, cared for, hugged and uh, welcomed, and not, not to the point that I feel like it's a pity party. I don't feel like anyone thinks that I'm an object to be pitied. It's just that they, they cared for Bob, and so they care for me. And they cared for us together. Ah, thanks for sharing that. That's really helpful. Joey or Susan, you guys are at a different stage of marriage than Doug and Carol are. What's, uh, uh, what's that like? What would you want to tell people who are not in your circumstance? What, what it's like, the joys, the struggles, the challenges? The... Yeah, we're recently remarried. We've been uh, married for almost two years come March. Uh, uh, for me, um, it's... I don't know, it's, it feels like a second chance for me. I, you kind of feel when you leave a relationship that you've failed at, that, that failure follows with you. And the fact that someone's giving me another chance is amazing, but with a second marriage, that fear of failure sticks with you. When I was single, uh, if I had a long day at work and I just was, I talk all day as a teacher, if I just wanted to go home and rest my voice and just watch Netflix, I could do that. And now it's like there's someone there just like when you're retired. Um, that's been very similar where I've really had to learn on how to communicate and be like, I love you so much. And this has just been a day where I just need an hour to myself. And then I can come back down and be like, okay, I'm ready to, to let you know how much I love you by actually being with you right now. And thank you for loving me enough for allowing me to have that time to myself. And I think that the community we found here in our small group has just been amazing because I think when you're married, sometimes your friends will assume, well, you have your spouse, so we'll let you be and we're going to go to our party. And Joey and I are like, we want to go to the party too. We used to go to the party. <laughs> so we've been trying to communicate more with our friends that we still miss you and it can, marriage can be very isolating if, we, if you don't have a group of friends like you had when you're single or divorced. We've been, we've been lonely together and been like sitting home very happy with each other but we also would like to be with other people I, that's a great insight thank you for sharing that I don't know that everybody gets that I think sometimes we imagine that okay they've got each other they're good <laughs> but we do all need to be part of a larger community and networks of friends and support and yeah thanks for saying that that's good man I am being enriched by talking to you guys um, let me let me ask this another way and that is uh, in your circumstances of life right now, in your relationships and whatever network or that is, what do you think God's teaching you? What do you think Jesus is teaching you or teaching you about following him in the set of relationships that you're in? How is this, how are you growing in faith? Or how are you experiencing faith uh, right now? I don't know what I would have done without my faith and without the personal relationship with Jesus Christ. When I was a little girl, I used to imagine myself sitting in God's lap telling him everything. And now I'm past the point of sitting in his lap, but he's my friend, he's my savior, he's right there. And in my darkest moments and in my joyous moments, I can tell him everything and he brings great comfort. That amazing grace fills me in a way that it's hard to explain. 
but um, I can I can open the Bible and I can read scripture and I can talk to him and I can tell him my deepest feelings, how bad I, how how much I hurt at that time, and and this great peace comes over me and it's hard to explain, but I am so thankful that that I have that rock that that uh, comforter. Would you say there's even uh, an increase in the sense of dependency on God in oh, the last yes. six months of your life? Oh my goodness, yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Thanks for teaching us that. Thank you. Hey, who wants to go next? Well, I, I can offer that I think anybody who has gone through a divorce has spent some amount of time, some shorter, probably some longer, mm -hmm. thinking about what broke. You know, what broke between us? What mm -hmm. broke in him or her? What broke in me? And, you know, I'll, you know, be, you know, right there with people who've done that. And I would think what, what I have certainly realized of late is that the time I spent reflecting on that after my marriage, I was thinking about brokenness in the wrong way because I was thinking about it more directly between me and the person that I'd been married to. And I've realized how important it is to realize your own brokenness and to fix that with God and with Jesus so that you can be as whole a person as God intends you to be, mm -hmm. to be in any relationship, whether that's a marriage, whether it's a friendship. And so the thing that really has been important to me in, in recent years is understanding the need to repair any brokenness between myself and God before I can fully be available to um, those relationships that are around me, whatever they may be. And, and to be able to focus on what God wants for me and wants to do through me as that first relationship so that all others can flower, mm -hmm. you know, in, in the light of that. One of the things I've been learning and is so counterintuitive perhaps as a single person, we think, oh, single person, you know, no immediate family of one's own creation. Um, what I have learned, uh, much to my surprise, is number one, that God has created a family for me, and He has created me for family. We have one of our values that is one of my favorites, that uh, Jesus makes us family. And um, I've loved that value since I've heard it, and I appreciate it being in front of my awareness so much that I can recognize it happening. I had found a church in Chicago um, where my first husband and I lived, and it was better for us all to be together up here, so um, to be co-parents. So I moved up here, and I was bitter about losing that church after I finally found it. And I moved into a specialized branch of my field, so it was possible for me just to get up in the morning on days I didn't have my daughter, go into my building at 6.30 and leave at 8.30. So for a while I was just, my career was safe for me. It was, it was helping children and I just threw myself into work. And then I actually 
reached the point where I felt like I had time for a relationship and I had that new confidence from work and I felt like I had healed from my past relationship. So when Joey and I first started dating, I thought I was making the right decision when I would text him, I'm gonna be at you know work till 8.30, whatever you need to do tonight, eat, go to sleep, and I, I love you and I'll see you in the morning. And seeing um, and learning about Jesus in this church has really helped me realize that that was selfish because there were times at work, honestly, where I'd be like reading a book for a half hour. It's like you can't just literally like unpack labs and put labs together. So there were times where I was like, you know what, you if you pushed yourself or if you looked at organizing your time, could you make more time for Joey? Or are you really, could you pick up the phone and talk to him for a half hour instead of reading the New York Times? And I just found that it actually made me happier and I was actually kind of nervous to be needing someone. And I just saw that, I just, if it was safer just to be married, but still know that I only really could trust myself. So when I started letting Joey in and being part of a community, like I was learning more here that, that Jesus did and that we're meant to be in that community and to open myself up, it actually made me happier. And I realized I was still isolating myself inside the marriage until I really started following the, the model of Jesus. I am continually just amazed by the great beauty and difference that God has created even in His people. Mm -hmm. um, that we are in different places, different relationship statuses, different places in life, younger or more of wisdom in, in our experience, and that He has, I believe, equipped us to be those people for each other, you know, to be uh, uh, points through which he can nurture and walk with each of us. And it's just amazing that, um, you know, maybe someone, you know, in, in my situation um, might have some additional time that's not, you know, occupied by, you know, the things immediately surrounding me, family concerns and so on. Um, and that challenges me, it calls me out to be there for other people. And I need the insight, like Joey was saying, to really look at how, how God is do, you know, showing him things and showing how he can appreciate um, the things that are coming that are as of yet unseen in his life, you know, and, and to see that those, um, that those plans take root, God's plans take root in his life and, and your lives together. Um, that if we were all, if there was some one perfect place to be in life, that you know, we wouldn't have the benefit of each other to you know, come in and stand where, where we're a little vulnerable or to be, to be there for each other where, where, where needs exist and so on. And so, you know, I mean, God's world is um, just overwhelming at times and how and how he provides for us uh, even through each other mm -hmm. and and in the the varying uh, places in life that we are at this time it's just you know very thankful mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so let me thank you again for all the time and the for the authenticity and the grace and the vulnerability the honesty that you shared with one another and with me today I think uh, I believe that's going to be a huge blessing to our whole uh, church family, and, uh, and thank you for that investment. That, and that, for that investment, thank you for that uh, contribution. Uh, you've really enriched my life, and I think that 
uh, I think your words are really going to enrich a lot of people's lives. So thank you for that. You know, one of our church family's core values, uh, maybe our quirkiest core value, is this value of three, 165. There's 168 hours in any given week. And it's uh, our hope that maybe if we spend three hours a week at church, that there's uh, another 165 hours in every single week. And we hope that the things that happen while we're at church, sharing church life together, will carry over, will have an impact on the rest of how we live our lives, that what we learn about God here will impact our relationship with God in all the hours of our week and impact the relationships that we share everywhere that we go. And, and I hope that what you've experienced and what you've learned today will, I hope it will equip you to take what you're learning in your three and carry it into your 165. I hope that you've seen an example here and uh, some permission to bring our real 165 selves into church, that you don't have to check your real self for your pain or your struggle or your joy or anything else at the door when you come in, but that we are family together. We're church family. We really are a community of grace together. And my prayer is that throughout this whole series, that as we've been learning about our different relationship statuses, that we can admit that it's complicated, but also know that Jesus came to be with us in the flesh in this world, that he meets each and every one of us where we are in, in your marital status and your singleness and whatever circumstances of life you experience, that Jesus finds you where you are, loves you where you are, and invites you to take a next step with him. And as a church family, we want to be there for you, we want to be there with you and support you in those steps. All of this happens by the power of God, by the filling of his Holy Spirit. So I want to take a moment here and even this way, close us in prayer and pray for God's work in all of our lives. So if you would, would you please pray with me? Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your grace. Thank you for coming right into our lives. Thanks for sending Jesus right in the flesh in the midst of our lives and, and for getting involved with us in our relationships. And you bring your grace and you bring your hope and you bring your truth to us. And I pray that you would, by the power of your spirit, reach each and every one of our hearts, that you would reach us with your word of grace, that you would reach us with your word of hope, that you would Help us to understand how valuable we are in your eyes, that you, that you love us right where we are. And God, I pray that you would, by, by your spirit, conquer our fears and our anxieties and, and our excuses and our hesitancy and our reluctance to take the step that you invite us to. Lord Jesus, we know that you speak words to each of us saying, follow me. You invite us to life. And I pray that you would strengthen us and give us the faith to say yes and follow you. We pray in your name. Amen.